Countryside. I am um, all manner of uh, emotions today. Um, I've been, I've been asked, "Are you feeling okay?" <laughs> no, I'm a bundle of nerves right now, but I'm doing great, and I'm really glad to be here with you all today. I, I'm outpouring with thankfulness as well. I just wanted to mention, um, you all have a, a wonderful group of elders here and their families. Um, I am indebted to them, and so are you, about the work that they've done over the last several months, um, praying, meeting, phone calls, uh, checking references, I mean, all of the things that went through this process of, of the search. Um, we're, we're grateful for the warm welcome we've received uh, in so many ways, um, through personal contact and prayers and notes and emails and Facebook and all kinds of good things. And I do want to thank the staff. Uh, I actually started officially on Monday of last week, and my office is still a bit of a mess, but they've, uh, they've helped me learn where the ropes are. I don't know how to use them yet, but you know, we're learning the ropes, as it were. And you, all, you know this, but you know, need to know, again, that you have an amazing group of staff um, and administrative people here. They, I, I really love working with them already. Um, yes, absolutely. And it's been said before, but I want to say it um, again. I'm, uh, I'm indebted to Dan and Marla uh, for their work in the interim. I mean, they've been here for decades. I mean, seemingly forever, but when he came in, <laughs> right? When you came in and set the interim, you set the stage for, for that, that transition, and I, I appreciate both. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> he's not that old, but he's... Um, and I want to express my love and thankfulness to my wife, Rhoda, and my daughters are, are here, and their grandmother, Donna. Is my, somebody asked if you were my mother, if you were my mother a minute ago, and <laughs> no, this is our friend, Donna. Uh, I had to get that in. Um, we have grown closer, we have been stretched in our faith, and um, we're starting a new chapter. I'm forever thankful to the Lord God who sees fit to call us out of darkness into his wonderful light and he delights in using the small things and the weak things and the foolish things of the world to shame the wise and the strong and I have been all of those things I have been small and foolish and and so have you and that's why he's so good he's so good to us I'm starting a series a sermon series called all things new it's a Bible phrase that we'll get into as the weeks go on and uh, it fits our present circumstance in a lot of ways um, that we have a new ministry here. We have a new church family that we're getting to know. Uh, we also have a new house that we bought Friday. It's there at uh, 810 Harris in Frontenac, so you can come on by after we get moved in this week, uh, this weekend, actually. And uh, we also have, as you can see there, a new puppy. Uh, Titus is, uh, is a wonderful addition, a great amount of distraction and frustration to us. This is the, he's sweetest when he's sleeping. <laughs> he's not chewing on anything at that point, and uh, he's wonderful to be around. He's actually in my office. We needed a place for him to be because we're, uh, we're still an hour away, and we couldn't leave him there that long, and so we brought him with us. He's, he's in the crate. If you hear some yapping going on in my office, that's Titus. 
We are making new friends. We're learning how to drive in different traffic. Um, in Galesburg, when you, walk, when, you, when you walk down the street, you walk down the street, and it's, you know, not a whole lot of traffic. Our, uh, our, our daughters will experience new schools, bigger schools, and we have a new Walmart to learn, which is awesome, but also Aldi's, you know, and Dylan's. But none of these things are brand new to us. I mean, we've experienced these things before in different ways. We've worked in churches. I've lived in houses. I had a dog growing up, and uh, we have friends, and I know how to drive, and I've been to a grocery store. But all of these things, our present circumstances are different in a way. They are changes made to familiar concepts. So when I talk about all things new, when, when the Bible says all things new, that doesn't mean all new things. It just means we've taken the present circumstance and we have transformed them into something that is new, that is redeemed, that is healed. And in our world today, we have uh, cheapened versions of new and improved, right? When you see new and improved, what's your first reaction? Sure it is, right? Um, what does that mean in our world today? Let's, it's some examples that, um, that I've seen. Whenever you try to look for that product that you know you like, but then they change the label, and it says, new look, same great taste. And you think, why? Why did you go and mess that up, that it took me 10 extra minutes to find this, when all you did was change the packaging? Who, who did you pay that much money that you passed on to the consumer? Um, so there's annoying things like this. And there are things that I found that I thought I would share with you. This is just a bottle of French's mustard, but it's 40% more than our 14 ounce. <laughs> Big deal, okay? You're supposed to look at that and go, ooh, 40% more free. No, no, it isn't, okay? Um, here's another one. How many have a bottle of Barkeeper's Friend in your, in your you know, garage or your kitchen or something like that? Stainless steel, um, you know, copper pots or whatever. It's great stuff, if, even if you're not a barkeeper. But it says, new improved formula. And it's got a new fragrance, which is awesome. It shakes up faster, cleans better, and rinses better, which is what I worry about when I go to sleep at night with my barkeeper's friend. I want to ask forgiveness for this one because I brought in uh, contraband. This is actually a hostess product. I'm sorry about that. I was told Little Debbie's are the rule here. <laughs> but, but this says it's now even better tasting. And there's 50% more cream and 50% more cake. Would, would you like to try one of these? No, you, you wouldn't. <laughs> Sorry, Deshaun. I, these, these will be up here later if somebody wants to sneak them past the little Debbie guy. And then, oh, and last but certainly not least, blueberry Cheerios. I know. This could be the best thing since apple cinnamon Cheerios, which were the best thing since honey nut Cheerios, which were obviously better than plain old Cheerios. And I don't know, these could, be as, as, these could be spectacular, or these could be awful, like very, very strawberry Cheerios are gross. <laughs> but all this 
is familiar stuff with a new spin, a new flavor, and it smells better. It's not brand new stuff that we haven't seen. Now, the advertising industry has a field day with these, and somebody made up a little joke uh, called uh, Diamond Shreddies. Old is boring, new is exciting, and now it's got 45 more degrees. It's just the same. It just tilted. It's not any different, okay? It's, but there might be some people out there that just go, oh, I might try those now that they're diamond-shaped instead of squares. No wonder we're cynical. But there are obviously, there are plenty of things that are true um, innovations, but before we get to them, have you, uh, how many of you are old enough to remember New Coke? Terrible stuff, wasn't it? Even if you're not a Coke fan. Crystal Pepsi. Why? Um, any Windows users disappointed with Vista? That's why I'm a Mac guy now. Okay, so give me the XP back. And did you know that in 1982, when you think of Colgate, what do you think of? Toothpaste. Did you know that in 1982, Colgate tried their hand at frozen dinner entrees? No, you didn't. And neither did I. But the internet is a wonderful thing. Nobody wants to buy Colgate frozen dinner entrees. They want to buy Colgate toothpaste. New doesn't even mean better in that way. So, and Google Plus is nobody's favorite network, social network platform. We're rightly cynical to say just because it's new doesn't mean it's better. The older we get, the less appeal new has. Am I right? Anybody want to say amen to that? It's the same old thing in different packaging. They paid someone else lots of money to design and pass that needless expense on to us. But there are some innovations, and I, I don't know much about it, but 3D printing is still pushing the boundaries of creativity, innovation, construction, uh, making things that are just... I mean, you can, print, you can buy 3D print anything anymore, and sometimes it's scary what you can do. Like it or not, the widespread use of cellular devices, social media, wireless internet has transformed how we communicate and the information we can retrieve and give. I can read books. I have 131 books on my iPad that I purchased. Um, and I, it's linked to my phone. I can just carry these around. I don't have to carry books around. I can just read them right here. Um, we complain about how expensive healthcare is, but innovations in medicine abound. I didn't realize this until this last week, but you can swallow a pill that has a camera in it that's connected wirelessly to somebody's uh, TV, and you, it can map and look at all of your digestive tract and see where the bleeding is or see where the problem is, see where the perforation is. I don't want to know what happens to it when it's done, but all that information is now and it's non-invasive, it's a brilliant idea, and somebody made that up. And even those, who are, those of us who are dead set in our ways, you might be the can't teach the old dog new tricks, you might be the I hate change um, kind of person, but even you can identify with and like certain things that make life better, that make life healthier, that make life cheaper, that make life a little bit more tolerable than it used to be back in the good old days, right? Um, as Billy Joel once said, the good old days weren't always good and tomorrow ain't as bad as it seems. 
Being made new, however, is a process that takes time and it takes effort. Raise your hand if you love driving on a newly paved road, just like, you know, we have right, you know, downtown Pittsburgh. How many of you loved driving on that while it was being worked on? Dodging the cones, all the equipment, smelling the asphalt truck as it went by. How many of you love doing that? I don't see many hands. Why is that? Why, why aren't we jumping up for joy going, hey, there's a construction happening down the street. Isn't that awesome? Why aren't we doing that? We don't enjoy the process. We love when it's done, but we don't want to put up with the inconveniences that happen to get there. I think everybody ought to be like, you know, jumping for joy when they see that truck with the orange cone start dropping it on their street. It's going to be better. But there's this crusty old curmudgeon in me that says, you know what, in another year, that newly paved street's going to be faded, cracked, and falling apart again, and they'll have to do it all over again. Isn't that right? In this world, new things become old. True improvements become the norm. The extraordinary becomes, eh, ordinary. And everything eventually breaks. But this is not the case with God. It's not. When God makes someone new, they're not just improved, they are transformed. This is not just taking something and making it a little bit better. Too many people think that being a Christian is just being a better version of yourself. And that's the farthest thing from the truth. Because trying to be a better version of who you are and who I am is always going to lead to disappointment and, you're gonna, and we're just going to fail again. But look at what C.S. Lewis says about this. And C.S. Lewis puts words in the mouth of Jesus, and that's always a risky thing, but if anybody can do it, C.S. Lewis can. And he says this, Give me all of you. I don't want so much of your time and so much of your talents and so much of your money and so much of your work. I want you, all of you. I didn't come to torment or frustrate the natural man or woman, but to kill it. No half measures will do. I don't want just to prune a branch here and a branch there. I want the whole tree out. Hand it over to me. The whole outfit, all your desires, all your wants, wishes, and dreams, turn them all over to me. Give yourself to me, and I will make you a new self in my image. Give me yourself, and in exchange, I will give you myself. My will shall become yours, my heart will become your heart. I don't know about you, that sounds like a trade up. Infinitely better than just me trying to be a better person. There seems to be this understanding in scripture that we miss in cultural Christianity that to be born again, you must first die. To be forgiven, you must confess your sin. To experience resurrection, you have to be buried. And for the good news to be truly good, you have to fully embrace and accept the bad news. Without the bad news, the good news seems like, eh, you know, it's just an improvement. But until we realize how lost we are, how, how hopeless we are, how bad things really are with our natural selves until we realize all of that. The gospel 
likes a punch. You look back in Genesis 1 and 2 and you see that God made everything that there is and he called it what? Good. Even very good. And it didn't take long before chapter 3 comes along and the first couple, Adam and Eve, decide to define good and evil for themselves. Sin and death enter the world. And from then on, all creation is broken in rebellion, distant, and disarray. And in that chapter, verse 13, Verse 15, it says the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent, but the serpent, what is going to do? He's going to bite the heel. It's a promise already made from the very beginning. God made a way to be made new again. And like I said, there's a difference between everything being made new and making all new things. God is in the business of making all things new again. He isn't reinventing the world. He won't start over again with all new ingredients. He's taking us and creation and he's taking all the broken pieces and he's cleaning us up. By the blood of Christ, we are washed and cleansed. He forgives our sins. He restores our relationships. He heals the rift that we created between people and between us and him. And by Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life. That's what we're all about here. At least that's what we should be all about here. This is what the church exists to proclaim and to live out. A people broken over their sin to find forgiveness and reconciliation. A people affected by the sins of others, perhaps, to find healing and the power and the desire to actually forgive. You can't do that on your own. Even on your best day, it takes God working in you. In the church, we find people who are enslaved to substances and destructive behaviors and abusive relationships, and they find freedom where they're restored and they're clean. You find people who think they're out of options and they find hope for at least one more day. And people who think that they have their Christian life pretty well together and they find that they're challenged, that they need God all over again. 2 Corinthians 5.17 That was a long introduction to get to my text. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come. You notice on the slide, he is a, is in parentheses. That's because in the original language, it's not there. It's implied, but it's not there. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, new creation. It's just, boom, it's right, it's right there. The old is gone. The new has come and it is coming. And if, if you don't feel like, if you don't have the perspective on your life that as a, in Christ you are becoming new, then I think you're missing out on one of the main points here. Donald Miller wrote a book called Blue Like Jazz and he says this, if we're not willing to wake up in the morning and die to ourselves, perhaps we should ask ourselves whether or not we're really following Jesus. If you're, really, if you're all about just trying to make a better version of yourself, 
instead of shedding your old self and putting on Christ, you're missing the main point. If you're, if you're here this morning and somebody made you come, I'm glad you came, and I hope you come back. But if you're here because somebody just forced you to be here and you can't wait to leave, you're missing the point. If you're a kid right here and your parents made you come to church, good for them and good for you. But if you can't wait to get out of here and get some lunch, when's this guy going to be done? You're missing the point. You're missing the point of community and family and of putting on a little bit more Christ and shedding a little bit more of yourself so that you can be more like Jesus. It's like you've come to the dinner table and there's food everywhere and you don't want to eat. That happens sometimes. Why would you come to the dinner table if not to share a meal and to share company? I am also being made new. Years ago, at a seven-year-old in a baptistry in Finley, Ohio, at Parkview Church of Christ, I was made new. But I am continually being made new in the image of Christ. All these changes, all these new things that we're experiencing make me, are pushing me, they're just twisting me to be more like Jesus. Because I can't do this without him, and neither can you. The reality is that change is the only thing that stays the same. And isn't that good news? Because Jesus is changing you. He's about that anyway. He wants to be into more of his image, little by little, sometimes a lot at a time. Sometimes it's like drinking from a fire hose to be like Jesus is all about following him and being obedient. Not to be sinless, but to sin less. There ought to be a time where somebody comes to you someday and says, you know what, you're not the same person you used to be. I mean, I know, you know, they might say, well, I know you've been a Christian for a while. I know you've gone to church, but I can tell the difference in your attitude. You, you don't get angry nearly as fast as you used to. Or, or you don't use the same words as you, used to, as you used to use. Or you used to have cut that corner, and now you don't. What's, what's different about you these days? New creation happens in a moment and over a lifetime. And if all this seems new to you, if you haven't experienced any of this yet, if your version of Christianity is just showing up on a Sunday morning and reading your Bible and hoping that God likes you, you need a little bigger picture of what being made new is all about. Because it's his work in us. And we would invite you today, even, to come forward during uh, the invitation song to grab me or one of the elders after church. And as the worship team comes, we're going to sing. And, and if that's decision time for you, then we would invite you to do that. But don't let the day go by. If you, This is completely foreign. If you don't know what's, what I'm saying, I would love to sit and talk with you. Because I'm not sure that anybody, once they see, once they see in the mirror, the reality of how broken we really are. I don't know that anybody wants to stay like that for long. And the hope that we have in Christ to reflect God's love to the world is an amazing opportunity. The chance we have to have our, our, our slate wiped clean and to be forgiven is something that only comes through the grace of God. So if that's something that you're wanting, 
we would invite you to do that, even yet today. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for the opportunity we have in Jesus to come together and to celebrate new life, resurrection, that happens on a daily basis. And for those that don't know, help us to be grace and truth wrapped up in love so that they can know and experience newness, resurrection, forgiveness, and eternal life in you. In Jesus' name we all say, amen.